from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. We are here on your internet streaming radio. We're also here on internet streaming video, facebook.com backslash live now, DT. So you can watch and you can listen Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time. And we're on the phone right now. We're on the live line for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora with the head coach of Marywood University Pacers men's basketball heading into his fifth season. That is Enrico Mastriani inside of Mon Paz Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factories. What's popping? Telling you what's coming up on the show today. Here in hour number one, we have men's basketball for Marywood. And in hour number two, we'll be joined for women's basketball by first-year head coach at Marywood. It's not the first time she's been a coach, but the first time she has been representing Marywood University. And Jen Carlton will be joining us with her years of experience that we spoke about last time. We'll talk about her thoughts going into this season as the team started practicing and getting things ready. So with that being said... Mr. Mastriani, how are we doing today? Doing well, Dan. How are you? Doing very well. And and uh, Enrico, you know, kind of first and foremost, you said that you're not prepared for rapid fire today. <laughs> <laughs> I should know better. I know, but yeah, right. I, I hadn't thought about it yet. So we got we got to put you in a prime play. I mean, you can go and look up some stuff online. You know, try and try and find something to help yourself out. But we we're we're coming off of the Marywood tip off dinner. It's the fifth year of it you're heading into your fifth year as a head coach you started it five years ago what made you want to start the tip-off dinner and to have this because it was never there when I was you know doing MU courtside and I was at Marywood University as a student and then you came in and and you started this tip-off dinner and it's been with you all the way through what made you want to do it it was something I brought with me from other institutions where I I had started it Uh, I believe I started it at, at Centenary College uh, when I was there as a head coach for the first time. And, uh, you know, it was a, an idea of, you know, getting together with, with friends and family before things get too hectic and you don't have time to do that anymore. Um, you know, wanted to celebrate, like I said, you know, the this, the end of the preseason, start of the new season, and, and a way for the guys to feel somewhat rewarded for all their hard work that they put in in, in the month prior. Um, it just seemed to be something that was – it made sense to everyone. Uh, we did it. We had some success with it, and we carried it on through, and, and I did it at, at uh, Georgian Court as well and now brought it here to Marywood. And for you to you know see this thing in year five, how has it grown? What has it done? Just what you could say about – you know, this being your baby and, you know, seeing this baby grow up a little bit here. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely something that, like, we weren't sure how it was going to be received. Um, whenever you started out at a new institution, it's always, you know, it can be different at some places versus others. And we've seen it grown over the years. Um, here at Marywood, we've tried to adapt it every year to do something a little bit different or a little bit newer, fresher, like this year we added in not only our keynote speaker, Duran Dickerson, but we brought you in to do kind of the media day. And, uh, you know, we've tried different venues. We've, we've tried to explore different um, menu options, things like that. So 
you know, it's it's definitely evolved, and and we're pleased with where it's headed. And for you, speaking here with Enrico Mastriani, Marywood men's basketball head coach, you know, to come off of it, I know that you're someone who's you know very honest when you go back, take a look at things and whatnot. What did you see from it? What did you take away from it this year in year number five? You know, what what was kind of your assessment of the tip-off dinner this time around? Well, I'm disappointed that in the chaos I forgot to get a, uh, a team picture. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what I took away from it. We, uh, you know, usually at the end of the event, we, uh, we'll get a picture with our keynote speaker with the team and, and uh, our team alone and coaches and, and et cetera, and we just forgot. You know, this year everybody kind of exited out. I think it went on a little little later than we had anticipated and i think that was part of the chaos at the end but uh you know one thing that we always try to try to take away from it is did the crowd enjoy the experience and everybody on their way out you know was shaking my hand telling me what a great time they had and how great our speakers were and um you know what a what a great experience it was and that they hoped that the players took something positive away from it as they did you know as an audience so, you know, you got to have that opportunity, you know, like you said, people coming out and, you know, when they were leaving and whatnot, shaking some hands and, and getting their thoughts and their feelings, you know, what was the overall sense? Did you feel like, you know, people took something away from it, something positive, that they felt more connected with the program, kind of, you know, maybe what you were looking to hear and, and what you did hear? I think the message from from Duran, from Duran Dickerson, our, our Marywood basketball alum who, who gave a great keynote speech and and i think you even alluded to it he uh, commanded the stage you know he was up there kind of pacing around and and calling people out and really grabbing the audience's attention i think his story was pretty profound and i'm i'm sure that that message was well received among the group i know some parents on the way out said to me that you know they hope that their son or daughter really you know took something good away from that because they really enjoyed listening to him that coming from the head coach of Marywood men's basketball, Enrico Mastriani. Enrico, at Marywood, you know, for Marywood University, there's there's never been a media day. And there's never been a media day in that sense for basketball. What did you take away from, from that setting? I know that, you know, you brought me on to sit there and kind of do in, in, a, you know, in a an abbreviated version of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And you came on with, you know, three members of your team. Jen came on with a couple members of her team. And we got to do a media day style thing from, you know, some of the pieces that, that I've seen out there in the past and whatnot. What did you take away from that? Do you think it, you know, added to the group and whatnot? You know, instead of asking you privately, I like to put myself on the hot seat this morning. But, I mean, you know, constructively, what did you take away from it? I thought it was great. I think, uh, you know, I thought I, I was really impressed with my players. I'll be honest with you. I thought my three captains really handled themselves well on the big stage. And, you know, they were very anxious about that moment before it happened. And, and I thought that they they really stepped up to the plate and, and they hit a home run up there. And I could say the same thing about the women's team. I thought the, the ladies responded very well. Uh, they were very, you know, well-spoken. They were, they were, you know, to the point, concise. Um, I thought that the interactions, you know, you could tell obviously you're comfortable with us and that helps the process. It helps you as a interviewee feel comfortable up there, you know, that, that you're someone who's on our side. Um, but it definitely was, uh, I think it, I think it came off better than I even anticipated that it would. And, and that's to your credit, Dan. I appreciate that, that you thought I would do a horrible job. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, 
No, but uh, to be able to, I mean, that, and that's the thing. And I, I spoke about that, you know, and kind of put a message up about that is, you know, you, you weren't the head coach for the basketball team when I was at Marywood. And, you know, I, I had, I had been, I got that phone call from Eric Grunman and, you know, had recruited me to come in and said I could shoot and, you know, said, you know, I want to see you play and whatnot. And I'd love to see you try out for the team and, and potentially be a part of this team. And, I was coming off of a bad coach and I was just kind of bitter to the taste of it all. And I didn't know if I wanted to deal with, with any strife or anything like that from that respect. And, and to, to go from that to, you know, and really going against going back and forth with myself to getting an opportunity to turning that opportunity into courtside to now almost 20 years later, you know, being asked by the Marywood men's and, and women's basketball team to represent them and to be a part of their event and to be a part of, their first ever media day. Those are the moments that kind of bring tears to your eyes. And the reason why I say that is got nothing to do with me. It's the fact of coming full circle. And you can only do that if God is involved and he surrounds you with good people. And, you know, you try to do the right things in life and try to do the best you can. But it's because of people like yourself who, since you walked into Marywood, have tried to find ways to get me involved again and to be a part of it. And I can honestly tell you that a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that I thought went unnoticed, unappreciated, a lot of things, you know, that, that were maybe fabricated or changed history that was erased and whatnot, there was a lot of turmoil that I went through, and I kind of alluded that to you when you came in. And the way that, that you've brought me into this, I never thought I'd be sitting here today saying that I got to host with my company the first media day for the basketball teams when really everything huge at Marywood University surrounds my connection to the athletics department and namely the men's and women's basketball programs, uh, you know, substantially. So I can honestly say that without people like yourself and, you know, open arms with people like Jen and and as well as Tara Machaco and Gabby Holko uh, there, you know, I wouldn't feel as good as I feel this morning without people like you. And that's what I'm trying to say. Well, I appreciate that. And I I think to your point, it's important to me as a head coach that, you know, my guys understand that there are connections out there that you will build along your way, you know, and and you're a Marywood student athlete right now, but someday you're going to be a Marywood alumni and someday you're going to be a professional in your career. Someday you're going to be a, you know, a husband or a father and, and, you know, someday you're going to be a friend and and you're going to need to have people around you and supporting you and and trying to help lift you up when you need it. And, And so for me, the, the, marriage or the relationship there was uh, made made the most sense to me is you know here's a guy that wants to be a part of this wants to support us has maybe the means to do some things with through their business through their connections to try to help us you know while we help you it's a it's a people helping people kind of thing and i i think you know when you're in an environment like this in athletics alumni support is is really uh instrumental to your success well, that's the thing. You can't do anything, you know, really uh, without without it, with shutting the door makes no sense. And I've said that before. The best people to talk about your program and the success of your program and the ability of your program are the people that have gone through it and had it. I mean, when you see an infomercial, you're, or I shouldn't, I shouldn't use that because sometimes they use actors or whatnot. But when you want somebody to talk about your product or talk about your business or talk about your team or talk about... You don't, you don't go to, if you're going to a doctor and you got to choose between three different doctors to do surgery, 
You don't talk to people who never went to the doctor. You talk to the people who had successful surgery, who went through it, who can tell you their experience in the bedside manner and the way that they go about it and what they said. And if they stood by what they said, you know, you want those testimonials. You want that reality. So, you know, for Marywood, <clears throat> for you, you know, to have your former players come back, you know, I, I would imagine, you know, guys like Tip Schwartz and, and whatnot, you know, to have him come back in if the team's on a three-game losing streak and have him walk into that locker room and say, hey, you know, I'm not seeing the heart of this team right now. I want to know where the heart of this team is. There's that connection back to your alum, whether it's a, a basketball program or communication arts or whatever it may be, to to reach back and to have that, that connection. You know, there, there's a reason why there's generation upon generation in this world and, and how things are passed down the way that they've been since the beginning of time. And I, you know, I, I love the fact that you value that, that you care about that and that you reach back out to that because you're building something, whether you realize it or not, you're building something at Marywood university. Like you told me doing it the right way that, yeah, you're winning and yes, you're setting records and you're having success, but you're also making a mark on people and reaching out to people in a way they've never been reached out to before. You're positively putting your message out there. You're asking people to connect to something that people weren't asking them to connect to. So you're building bridges that were never built before. So beyond everything else, you're creating something, you're bringing a positive spin to it, and you're asking this bridge to only get stronger and reinforce it every single year. So I hope that you understand that what you're doing at Marywood is something that was never done before, and it was something that we needed a very long time ago. Well, I appreciate that, Dan, and it, and it is somewhat intentional. And and you know, I mean, we've been very fortunate in the five years now, four years that I've been here, going into year five, and you know, we've had some great connections to some alums. Um, you know, our first ever tip-off dinner, Lawrence Tompkins, was our, our keynote speaker. You know, another former Marywood basketball player um, who's now a high school coach, successful high school coach. And uh, we have one of his players on our roster now. Um, we've been in contact with, you know, Tim Smallwood, who was another highly decorated Marywood basketball player. One of his former players is now on our roster. Um, you know, we, Deron was our keynote speaker this last time around. Um, you know, Pat McGough, who was on one of the first ever teams here at Marywood and, and took his beatings, you know, over the years. I, I mean, I think the fact that those guys want to keep coming back to the program, seeing what we're doing, cheering us on. And, and now we hope to evolve it into our more recent grads, you know, like you said, Tip Swartz, Jeremy Ringland, you know, Dexter Shy comes back every year for a game or two. Um, James Curley is now on our staff, you know, so we hope that that'll continue to grow. We hope that those guys will continue to see a value in, in staying connected to our program. And I think it's intentional for me to try to make that value a reality for them. It, it's got to be something that they want to be a part of. And, and if we're not doing things the right way, if we're not building the right kind of program here, you know, they're not going to want to stay connected to that. So that's, I guess that's the trade-off. That coming from Enrico Mastriani here this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Enrico here with us in the first hour of the broadcast. You can listen and watch Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. You're listening on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. You're watching on Facebook.com backslash Live Now DT. Enrico, for you, your son kind of took over the show at the at the tip-off dinner and Mar Marco kind of left his mark, which was very 
fitting on this. What was your experience like with, with your, your little man? I think uh, I learned two things from, from that. Number one, uh, he's not afraid of the big stage. That, that's a good thing. Number two, He's not concerned with who he interrupts while he's doing it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could be on stage. Duran was on stage. I was. On, it doesn't matter. He wanted to be part of it. So, it. Uh, I know it was a bit disruptive at times, and I apologize. But to be honest with you, looking back on it, those are going to be uh, the moments we're going to laugh about in 10, 15 years. Well, I think the great thing about it is we actually caught it in one of the videos that uh, that we were able to do we caught it on on one of those awesome videos that that's you know he was trying to get on the stage and out of nowhere he's like you know and he just put his hands up and everybody was like yeah so you know i I think that going back to that as father and son someday is going to be pretty awesome to you know celebrate that so you know it's something that you'll never forget yeah no he's he's definitely a character and uh you know he's He's not shy when it comes to strangers. Uh, we we did a Halloween parade over here, and he goes to the uh, the daycare here on campus, and uh, they got dressed up for Halloween and, and walked around, and uh, he was in his Spider-Man suit, of course, and, and so went into a nursing home here on campus to see some of the folks there, and uh, they started waving and smiling, and so he was waving and smiling, and then all of a sudden he started getting a little closer and a little closer, <laughs> and he went around the room, and he shook hands with every single person in the room, almost like he was, you know, you know, petitioning for office or something. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you know, I'm sorry, he's just a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I mean, there's nothing <laughs> else I could say about it. See, but that's, that's awesome. See, and you're quick on your toes to be able to say that, and maybe Marco at some point is going to run for office. He looks the part. And the thing that I the thing that I love more than anything is and I know I know you're probably you're probably going to laugh when I say this and, and probably don't maybe don't want me to share it. But when he was when he was getting upset and he kind of wanted something that he wasn't getting, he, he, he did the thing that some athletes do when they're when they're celebrating. And it's also what the Hulk does. And he rips his shirt off. So. You know, I got I got to give some credit to the man because I looked at him and I looked I looked at my lady and I looked at him and I was like, you know, there's times where I just want to do that. You know, I'm around the media at the dome. They're annoying as all get out. And I just want to just unbutton and rip it off and just scream at the top of my lungs. And he got to do it. So. Yeah, there was there was probably about a three to four minute stint at the dinner where Marco was topless for sure. Yeah, he was completely without a shirt. Um, yeah, it was quite an experience, Dan. You got to see it firsthand sitting at the table there. So, welcome to it. There you go. Can we can we speak to to the uh, the the wife of yours, Miss Jamie? Can we talk about her a little bit and her her? I don't even know what we want to call it. Her 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 insane kind of endless amount of patience should we call it that uh, yeah <laughs> her insane endless amount of patience with who because she she needs to have that with me too um <laughs> well with the kids she was literally taking care of all three kids right there while you were doing yeah. your thing and whatnot so i think i think she's learned to filter the things that she has to be concerned with and the things that she can let go. Um, I haven't yet learned that, but she over time has learned to do that. And there are certain things that like, I'll be looking, I'll be like, how in the world are you letting that kid do that right now? And she'll just, just looking at me like, are you serious? Do you see what I'm dealing with right now? Do you think I'm concerned about that? You know? Yeah. So we, we've kind of, uh, you know, 
we make a good team and thank goodness she takes on the brunt of it because she has a lot more patience than I do for sure. What it what is the best thing because they they say a coach's wife and I would and I would actually expand that out to you know what we do here you know what I do here is you know as a broadcaster when it comes to traveling and and all these things when you live in the world of sports event and, and entertainment you travel you do a lot of work you're talking to a lot of people your phone is always on you and I know this. We have social media because it's something that helps us. If we weren't doing what we're doing, we'd probably be hermit crabs. So, because I don't put a lot of my personal stuff out there. So, I mean, what's what? What can you say about you know having uh, a wife who is and a partner who is supportive, and then you supporting her back as well? Because it's a two way street. But you know, you're a, you're a busy person. The world of sports is always growing. It's always changing. It's always evolving, and it's always on. So just what you could say about having somebody that supports that. Yeah, it's invaluable. I mean, you know, and then it's not without tough times. I mean, there's definitely some struggle. I mean, there's there's tough times, especially now that we we started. You know, once October 15th hits, she knows and she calls herself, you know, self-proclaimed basketball widow from October to March. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, she knows that, you know, she's not going to see me as much. I'm not going to be home for dinner. I'm not going to be helping as much with the kids in the morning or at night at bedtime. And, and those are just things that, you know, we hope that our children learn to help with. And I, I think that they have, I, our girls are a little older now, they're 10 and nine and, and they start to, you know, they understand they love what I do. They don't want me to stop what I do. So if they don't want me to stop doing what I do, then they have to help out a little bit at home. And they are very good helpers at home with their brother for the most part. There are times when they don't want to be bothered either. Um, but, Speaking here with Enrico Mastriani of the Marywood men's basketball team, head coach heading into his fifth season with the team as we get set for the 2019-20 season. So how do you make it up to her? I guess that's my question to you. When when she is when she calls herself the basketball widow from October to March, what do you do outside of that to to make up for it? And and is the honeydew list there for a while? Are you <laughs> Are you are you in the doghouse? Uh, how do how do you how do you keep everything you know go, you know well and good at home? Because obviously love is a very strong thing, and and you got to kind of fan that flame and take care of it. So how do you take care of it? Uh, it's little things. It's not necessarily one big thing. I think you know if I can find time during the season, I always try during the season to to do something either special, independent, you know, just she and I, or, or something with the whole family. Even though, you know, I'm extremely busy and I have a lot going on and there's, like I said, that film to watch or that scouting report to prepare or, you know, a recruit to go watch, you know, I'm going to make that sacrifice and 
and and do something with them like especially around christmas time you know we'll find a time to do something whether it's to go to a show in new york city or or just um do some shopping or, or whatever it is you know we'll, we'll put that time in in the off season in in may you know our anniversaries in may um angelina's birthday's in march marco's in april you know there's a lot of things that go on in the off season that i'll be around for and then you know, summertime gets busy again with recruiting and camps and all that. But uh, this past year, you know, we were able to take a, a short family vacation. You know, we'll try to do little trips here and there throughout the summer just so that I can get that that time with them. And, and especially, you know, for she and I to get some time alone. Now, I know you got to, to take a trip to Disney and you... You quite horribly forgot that your your best Disney planner was on the other end of this phone. So... How was the Disney trip? How did it go? I, I I know that you got to you got to take the family, and it's always a special thing to do. So how was the trip? It was awesome. I mean, you know, it's it's really magical. Like they say, the experience. I mean, just to see the kids, their eyes light up. You know, your your heart melts watching that for the first time. It was it was the first chance we had to bring the kids there, and um, you know, again the the princess experience for our girls. It's it's real, but it's we're closing that window soon, you know, and I wanted to make sure that we got a chance to see that before it expired on us. And, uh, and with Marco, I mean, man, he was just a uh, talk about Prince charming. I, I think he actually, with his eyes asked Cinderella to marry him. And, <laughs> and that was, that was real. She even looked and she was like, wow. Yeah. He's very, he's, he's very charming. <laughs> so, um, he was kind of in awe about the whole thing. And, you know, it, it's just, it was just a really special experience for us. That coming from Enrico Mastriani. Enrico, to, to get to the season here before I let you go, you are starting off this thing coming up this weekend. November 9th and 10th, you have the Penn State Harrisburg tip-off tournament, and that tip-off tournament will have you against Penn State Harrisburg on November 9th, this coming Saturday at 1 p.m. in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And then you will either play the championship game or the consolation one to follow after that in this two-part tournament. Just what you could say about getting after it and the fact that the season is literally just, you know, as we're talking right now live on November 5th, it's four, day, four days away. Well, the first thing I'll tell you is that the game time was actually changed, so I'm glad okay. you gave me an opportunity to say that. The, okay. uh, on our schedule, I know it says 1 p.m. The official time has not been set yet, but I think it'll be either 4 or 5 p.m. Okay. Uh, Penn State Harrisburg is hosting, I think, a soccer championship in the afternoon. So they had to move our, our tournament back so that they could support both, you know, programs the same. Um, so the official time will be announced on our website, hopefully sometime by tomorrow, I would say. Um, but that that being said, we're excited about getting started. We're excited about playing a live game against somebody else. I think that's important right now. The scrimmages are nice and, you know, it gives you a chance to see what other competition is like. But we also take certain liberties with substitutions and, you know, I didn't call as many timeouts, things like that. We kind of let the guys play through some things, but when we get live and we tip it off on Saturday, I think, you know, everybody will feel a little bit different about it. It's, it's just one of those things that when you get there for that first tip off, you know, that, that feeling in the pit of your stomach is real and, and you just kind of, you know, you got to let, let those emotions subside a little bit, let the, uh, the experience show through the strategy and all the things that you've been preparing for that moment. And I feel confident that, you know, with the rest of this week to prepare, we'll, we'll put on a good show. Hopefully we'll, we'll compete and uh, we'll see if we can't end up in that, that championship game on Sunday. 
you're starting off the season this season for 2019-2020 for Marywood men's basketball with Penn State Harrisburg tip-off tournament that we just spoke about. Then there's the F&M Rotary tip-off tournament that's hosted by Franklin and Marshall right after that. Then you have a game against Centenary University, and then you're back to another classic here or a tip-off type of thing with the Holiday Inn Express Electric City Classic that will be hosted by you, by Marywood. So just what you could say about, you know, starting off the season with these little mini tournaments and, and having three of them, just what that does for you and the fact that you're hosting one of them as well. Well, the idea behind that is, you know, we have to get games in. This is a logical way to do that. Um, you know, tournaments are a nice opportunity for us to, to bond a little bit as a team too, because, you know, when you're on the road and you're staying overnight in a hotel and, you know, you got to get team breakfast and team lunch and dinner and all that stuff, it, it kind of helps you formulate that chemistry that you're going to need later in the season. Uh, the other theory behind it is, you know, if, if you can't win two games in a row in November, you know, how are you going to do it in March if you end up in the NCAA tournament? So, you know, you're always looking ahead at trying to get prepared for those moments when they come. Uh, this is a good test to do that. I mean, the two tournaments we're in on the road are extremely challenging. And, uh, you know, nobody, I'm sure nobody will expect us to, to win any of those. And, and that's fine. You know, we, we love being the underdog. We love coming into it uh, with a little bit of extra motivation. And, and the same thing about our own home tournament. I mean, you know, it's there's no slouches in this tournament. You know, it, it's a very competitive tournament. We've made it that way on purpose. Uh, we wanted to be challenged at home. And, and it's our home opener, too. So we kind of get a, a double whammy there with the home opener and home tournament at the same time in the same weekend. And that coming from Enrico Mastriani. Uh, Duran has a question for you. There's a bunch of alum that are – that are uh, watching and listening this morning. So I want to thank them all for being a part of the show and for being a part of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora in general. Uh, Duran said, Coach Mastriani, will you guys be staying overnight in Harrisburg? Yes, indeed. Yes, we are. So that that's a yes because you have the you have the games back to back on November 9th and November 10th. So yeah, that answer is is yes, Duran. I have to ask you about Cristofalo. Will he ever leave? I mean, he's he's just going to stay around. Now, I like Cristofalo, okay, and I just got to know him, you know, a little bit over the past couple seasons. So I'm kind of upset that he didn't speak to me first about his decision because you know I liked having him around. But you know, all jokes aside, he he's he seems like a tremendous human being. Uh, you know, I I like that he's got a good sense of humor. He's been very supportive of what I've done. And, you know, I, I can't thank him enough for, for that and his kindness, really, and his generosity from day one. He was at the dinner. And so I guess my question to you is, you know, the friendship with Chris that you built over time, just what you could say about that. And will he be in some way, shape or form, uh, uh, you know, always connected to the program in some way? Oh, absolutely. All of our all of our coaches and former players are connected to the program. I mean, you know, Chris and I have a special relationship and, you know, it goes back to high school. We were high school teammates. Um, you know, we were friends. We used to hang out together, you know, and then over the years, like life happens, you kind of get distanced a little bit. And so I got my career moved me out to New Jersey. He started a young family. You know, he was busy working. We, we didn't see each other for years until he saw me coaching when I was at Centenary and I, I came back to being uh, with the team to be in a tournament at the University of Scranton. And Chris went to the game just as a casual fan, saw me on the sidelines, didn't realize I was coaching, and we got connected. And, uh, you know, when I got the job at, at Marywood, he was one of the first people to reach out to me, congratulate me, welcome me home. 
uh, came in to share a cup of coffee and, and talk some X's and O's. And all of a sudden that turned into, Hey, by the way, uh, you know, I heard you need some help on the staff. I'm willing to help if you need. And that turned into a four year assistant coach who did a tremendous job recruiting. And, and a lot of the players that we talked to on stage and that were in the crowd, you know, he has his hand in, you know, fully. And, and so him even being at the dinner is a, this is what I'm talking about, Dan, about the connections that remain, you know, as a former assistant coach, a guy that recruited a lot of these guys, Zach Tinkham was his first recruit. And Zach Tinkham was the one that invited Chris to come to the dinner. I mean, obviously I did too, but he was there as, as Tink's guest. He was there as, you know, my parents can't be here. Will you and your wife come and support me in this dinner and be my guest at the dinner? And so, you know, Chris is is fully connected to these guys, and he will be for the rest of their life. And and that's that's what this is. That's what why sports is so special. That's why coaching is so special. That's why, to me, the uh, connection between alumni and players and, and coaches and, and former you know members of Marywood are, are so important to us. And that's why you know the tagline of of my of my wake up call with Dan Tortora has always been where sports meets life because you're talking about it right now. You know, yeah. the fact that it's always there. What does it mean to you that one of your players who is recruited by Chris Stefalo invites him and says, like you said, hey, my family can't make it. I'd love for you to be my guest. I'd love for you to be the one that, you know, gets to represent me going there and be a part of this. What does it mean to you that these young men are reaching back to their coaches and saying, whether they're on the staff anymore or not, and saying, I want you to be here because that's got to be a tremendous moment, like a proud Papa moment almost for you to see Zach Tinkham say to Chris to follow, will you not only come, but will you be my guest? Yeah. It means that we're doing our job. That's what it means. And and that's really in, in the end, that's the most important thing to me is that we tell every recruit when they come in, you know, this is not about basketball. This is about life. And we want you to make life choices. We want, we want to know that you come in here and, and you know, you're, you're one you know, type of person when you come in and then we transform that to the man that you're going to be going forward. And, you know, we've seen that transformation over the years with these guys. And, and that's a perfect example right there. I mean, you know, I know that, you know, over time you build special bonds with these guys, but what's most important is that they understand that that's not during the time that you're here. That's for the rest of your life, you know, and I think Chris has done a great job as an assistant coach to make sure that the guys know that and uh, our players have started to learn the value of being a part of this program. That coming from Enrico Mastriani. With that being said, we're going to hop into rapid fire. It is time for us to put each other on the hot seat. I gave him some time this morning. Hopefully he's taken it because we talked about it off the air. He already knew that it was coming. He should have prepared for this since Saturday, but this is his fault, not mine. So with that being said... We're going to go into rapid fire with Enrico Mastriani and in good spirit. And as always, as I put whoever my guest is on the hot seat, this being Enrico Mastriani, I will also have him put me on the hot seat as well. So with that being said, Enrico, today is election day. My first question to you involves election day in this way. If you're running for president in 2020, who is your vice president candidate and why? Oh, wow. That's a really tough question. Um, <laughs> wow, Dan. I came right out of the gate with the thunder. That's how I do it. That is a thunderous <laughs> question. Um, yeah. 
Does it have to be a, a politician? I would suggest never. <laughs> so I would, I would say please don't. But yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go right there with uh, Chris Defalo. We'll okay. just keep it right there. Okay. I mean, we used to joke uh, in the office because the way my office is set up, when you come in, the chairs are to the right, right? So I'm facing the door, which means there's a chair next to me to my left. Right. And Chris used to joke that he was sitting at the left hand of the father <laughs> when, <laughs> when he was there. And, uh, you know, I would say he's my, my left-hand man. I mean, it's it's just what it is. He's is. He's been there with me side by side and, you know, for four years, I thought, you know, even though we went through some troubled times, he was like a rock, man. I mean, he stayed with me through it all. And, uh, I, you know, he's very strong in his opinions at times, which, you know, is challenging for me because I'm strong in mine too. But I think that's what makes it work is that we're willing to challenge each other. And, you know, at some point in time, we come to terms with what the right answer is, which is great. That's an awesome answer. And it reminded me of that commercial, like a rock. And so I couldn't. Yeah. So with that being said, all right, you got your first one for me. Go ahead. All right. If you were a car, what make and model would you be? And the year. Throw the year in there, too. Oh, man. Oh, if I was a car, what would I be? Well, you know, I've with, with the constant changing of my goatee and the different designs that I do, I have... I have basically, you know, in my opinion, become uh, the the 2019 version of Tony Stark. So I would say I'd have to have some type of fine looking vehicle. But let's let's go back. Let's go back in time a little bit here. I want to make I want to make my uncle who I I consider uh, a big father figure in my life. And so I would uh, I'm going to I'm going to go back to his vehicles that he loves so I would say that I would be a, oh, this is tough. I'm going to be a Mustang. And I would be a, mm, which one, which model, which make and model would I want to be? This is tough. I would be a, oh, this is tough. Let's see, let's see. I'm looking at him right now because I got to get a, I got to get a thought here. I would be a 1965 Ford Mustang. Okay. That's what I would right. be. be because I think that they're great cars to, to take a lady to the top of a nice mountain. And okay. I, I also think that they look, I just, you know, to me, it's like, cause I grew up with happy days. So, you know, the Fonz and all that, I just feel like, you know, being in one of these vehicles and pulling up, there's, there's a beauty to them. There's a sleekness to them. There's a, there's a very much, you know, a, uh, a confidence to the vehicle. And I feel like I would exude that as well. So cool. Very good. I want to say that my second question for you on the hot seat this morning, Mr. Enrico Mastriani is, Hmm. Tell me three things that you have done during your, your relationship with your wife that you think are three big ways that you showed her that you love her. Oh, wow. Um, I really hope that Jamie's listening right now. I, really... I, don't, I don't even know where to begin here. Um, okay. Well, um, let's start with, uh, I guess, the proposal. Okay. Right? Tell me I about mean, that's that. A, that's a big commitment, right? That's a major commitment that tells somebody that you love them. It's There is uh, no greater uh, leap of faith than that. So let's start there. Okay, tell me about, I want to know the proposal. 
Oh, come on, Dan. That's not what the question I was. I want to know it. You can't add a more <laughs> to this. No, no, hold up. That's another talk another time. All right. All right. Um, okay. I would say that, um, you know, the uh, I'd like to think that the countless amount of times that I've attempted at remodeling our homes okay. over the years okay. that has maybe put my body on the shelf a little bit, my back, yeah. Uh, I've taken a little wear and tear. Uh, he kind of taken one for the team, okay. you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that's uh, that's maybe another one. And then, uh, you know, um, I guess you know, our children. I mean, I, I think, you know, I love them to infinity and beyond and forever and ever and ever and for no end. That, that was kind of our tagline. Um you know, and I, I don't think that I could truly love them that way if I didn't love her so much. That was that was awesome. That was that was very beautiful and very amazing. It did make me forget the fact that you didn't answer my other question. And I won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was uh, that was a uh, that was a very very heartfelt, very amazing. Thank you for sharing that today. That was very sweet. You're, you're very welcome. Kind. Thank you. All right, what's your final one for me? Uh, well, all right. Um, Dan, you you got me again here. I, I'm I'm trying to think. Let me think. It's uh, okay. All right. We did the car thing. I I'm gonna go back to what you asked me at the dinner. Okay. What's your favorite childhood memory? Okay, my favorite childhood memory. Because that was a really tough question, by the way. Yeah, I would say that my favorite childhood memory would be really anything with my grandfathers because they passed away uh, both in 1992 when I was six. And it's so crazy because I remember like nothing of that year except for all of the pieces of the timeline uh, about them. And... It turns out that a lot of the music that I love and like movies and whatnot, a lot of the stuff that I grew up loving happened in 1992. So when I go back and I look at the year 1992, God was like just throwing gifts at me, throwing things that that made me happy. And I didn't even know because I was so, you know, consumed by the moment. And, you know, my grandfathers, as much as I only got to be with them on earth for six years, I go back to those times all the time. I think about them every day. It's, it's been 20, it's been 28 years and I I never, ever uh, have forgotten their faces or, you know, uh, their voices or, you know, things that we would do together. And I think that my favorite memory with my mom's dad, who I used to call Papa with the round head, because he was kind of bald. He had a little bit of hair. And, uh, and so uh, Pop, I, I, we, I loved, he would put me on the table and he would put me right there on the kitchen table. And he would, if I had a sock on or something like that, he'd take my sock off and he'd smell my feet. And he would always say it in, in Italian and he'd say, Ooh, kiputsa, 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 that it smelled bad. And he'd, and he'd pretend to pass out and hit the wall and he'd always make me laugh. And so I remember that. And, and, and so that's one of my favorite memories with him. And then my other grandfather, who I call Pop Miller, because he worked at uh, Miller Miller uh, Brewing Company, and uh, he was my dad's dad. He built a swing in the basement, 
And uh, what? And I asked him why. I said, Grandpa, why'd you build this swing, you know, down here? And he said, well, because I want you to go outside and I want you to play with all the kids in the neighborhood and I want you to have a childhood. He said, but I also miss you every time you're outside and I'm working. So he built the swing right behind his workbench so that I could swing and feel like a kid and, and have all those precious moments, but so that he never had to spend a moment without me. And there, there's, there's something about like, when I look back in time and why they did things and how they did things, there's this crazy, like underlying, how did they know that they weren't going to be here type of thing? Stuff that they said, stuff that they did, uh, how many times I saw them. I always said that they were banking time and you know, I, I love them to this day. I, I miss them to this day. I, 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 I quickly cut off my left arm to, you know, spend a second with them either, you know, both of them. And, and I, I, I honestly feel like in the last 28 years, I know it's a long answer to the question, but in the last 28 years, I, I honestly believe that they have raised me just as much as any other prominent person in my life has. And, you know, I, they're the reason they're one of the big reasons why I believe God exists because number one, they've never left me. And number two, I said, what type of cruel God would there be if I could never see them again? So I, uh, I, part of my fight on this earth is to get back to them, to be completely honest. Very cool, man. They are the best. And they, you know, and they, they would have loved you because, you know, because you build up their grandson and you always do right by me. And, you know, you would think that you and I have known each other forever and, it was funny because I think your uncle asked me, you know, how I met you and, and, and whatnot. And I just, you know, started saying, you know, he got hired and I went up to him and I talked to him and we started talking. I said, you would think that we've known each other our entire lives. And, you know, I basically told him like the day that I met him, how I felt like I had been wronged and I felt like I had been disconnected and I didn't want to be. And he looked me in the eye over his shoulder and he said, well, we're going to change that. And then you change that. And I, I, I'm a, I don't know how to say it, Enrico. I mean, I honestly feel like you're like, you're one of my, you're one of my closest friends. And, and I, and I feel completely honored and privileged to say that. And that's why we joke so much and we have so much fun, but you know, I mean, to drive down to Marywood two hours away, a four hour altogether drive, just to sit in the hall of fame room and do my show there. The only reason why I'm there is because of people like you. I mean, if you're not there, I'm not there. So you know, there are those things in life where we say, oh, did they come visit me or were they going to the mall and then I was on the way or did they go to Disney and I was on the way? I go to Marywood to see you. I go there to speak with you. And, you know, the tip off dinner, there was if I had 20 things to do that day, things would have moved to make that work. And and I just I want you to know that. And I I'm not ashamed to say it to the world. You know, I, I consider you a very close friend and I consider you one of the people that has honestly whether you know it or not, kept me sane and kept me focused over these last five years. And I'm indebted for that. And I really do appreciate that. Well, Dan, I, I think uh, the feel, feeling is mutual. We love, uh, you know, your, I mean, your passion, your your pride in Marywood and, and definitely, you know, what you've done for me and for our program throughout this time. It's, it's a mutually beneficial relationship for sure. And, um, you know, honestly, like, like you said, I mean, we're, you know, we said five years ago we were going to get that fixed, and and I think we're every day we're working towards it, and yeah. um, 
just the things that you've done for us are, are immeasurable, and we value that tremendously. And coming from Enrico Mastriani, my one of my closest friends and one of my favorite punching bags. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We have fun. It's what we do. It's what Italians do. You eat a lot of food. You razz each other, and you know, and you have a good time. And I do want to give a shout-out to to your aunt and uncle because they were an absolute pleasure and uh, your uncle told me about you know going to italy and and being over there and whatnot and it was some of the most beautiful amazing stories and he said something he said you know we 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 civilize the world and i was thinking like what what did he mean america or what he goes no italians civilize the world he goes it's more than food he said we taught people manners and how to say please and thank you and sit at the table and you know real love and, and loyalty and commitment and all that and I, I he just kind of he brought me back and and there's something about being an italian and, and it's part of my heritage and i can't you know i i tell people all the time i would i would have been happy with whatever god made me as but i'm very happy to have italian in my blood and i think that you know that because you know, we kind of we kind of set up that that table to sit around, so to speak. Yeah, no, it's a special special bond there, and you know, my aunt and uncle, I, I could send a shout out as well. I mean, they're there for me for everything, and and I know, you know, I, I introduced you, and my aunt is my godmother, but through marriage, she's my aunt. You know, my uncle yeah. is my mom's brother, and uh, but my aunt. Emory has been, uh, you know, by my side through everything all the way throughout my life. And, uh, you know, it's, it was really special that, you know, my mom couldn't be there. Uh, my brother and his wife recently had a newborn son. And so she's with them in Ohio. And, um, you know, I, I knew that no matter what, uh, my aunt and uncle would find a way to be there and, and support me in that moment. And, and they always do. They keep finding a way and they'll be at several games this year too. And it's just what they do. They, uh, well, you know, that's a sign that you're doing something right in life when your family shows up. Even in, yeah. and as old as you get, you know that you're always a kid at heart when you see your family in the stands. Yep, absolutely. That coming from Enrico Mastriani, Marywood Pacers men's basketball. He's got to get back to it. There's more people in the future of Marywood, and, and I know that you're working hard at that. So God bless this weekend. We'll obviously be in touch, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Always a pleasure, Dan. Thank you so much.